Welcome to I Still Call It a Larry. This is a bonus episode. This is where we review a classic wrestling show. My name is Steve Zaff. I am an army of one plus two. Along oh, with me it. today is Mr. Showtime Michael Wright and S. Scarps Esquire. How are you boys doing today? You know me, I'm living the dream. Some might call it a nightmare. Oh, wait, that's my side. It's fun. Everything's still good, boys. At least we're uh, talking wrestling. So today we are going to review a Survivor Series 2002, the very first time they ever did the Elimination Chamber. Uh, there's a couple highs on here, a couple lows. Some of the things are good. Some of the things are not. We'll get into all of that. Guys, overall, what did you think of the show? Uh, I really like the show. Uh, I think the beginning kind of starts out slow, and, and we'll get into the, the details of it. But it hits a really good stride, and I think it ends strong. Um, really love the setup with Bischoff. This is like some of Bischoff's best work in WWE. Uh, the fact that he created the, the Elimination Chamber. First time around, before you'd ever seen it before, it was kind of this menace. Um, love anything at Menace in Square Garden. Um, so overall, I thought the show was quality. Um, yeah, I mean, I got to be right there with, with you on that one, Mike. Um, I rewatched it actually not long before this recording and, uh, it just kind of hit so many marks. It made me feel like I did when I watched it, what, 22 years ago. Um, it, it had action. It was as far as the workers go sold well, uh, I really enjoyed it, man. So we'll we'll get into the specifics as we go on. But overall, I thought it was an incredible show. I was really happy to rewatch it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you guys on all that. I think this was the kind of the real end of the Attitude Era. I think um, we were getting we were leaning a little bit more into the ruthless aggression era at this point. But overall, I thought the show was great. Um, to to add in what uh, Mr. Showtime said, I love MSG. I love Madison Square Garden. Um, and I love that it's the old the old Madison Square Garden setup with the short walkway rather than the big stage that they, they built up at uh, WrestleMania 20 uh, not long after this, which was quite literally the reason why they stopped doing so many pay-per-views at Mad- or any pay-per-views really at Madison Square Garden was because they couldn't put their normal big stage walk down in there. They ended up, they'd lose like four or 5,000 people every time they did it. So I I do love that. Uh, It has a, so the show itself, let's just get right into it. Uh, Starts off, you get the cold open. I thought it was, I thought the cold open was good. Um, Well-produced as I expect WWE cold opens to be. Um, But I thought it was a little, I, I thought the initial cold open that they showed here was, it was a little flat, honestly. I thought um, I thought it was good enough. Um, I thought it didn't build the show as much as what I've seen since, and even kind of what I saw before built up shows. Um, and I'm not taking it away from I'm not taking away from the show. No matter what, if you at this time this was a true pay per view, so if you were watching this, you were watching the show. Um, I just thought it wasn't as great, but again. I give anything slack when it goes when it's in Madison Square Garden. Um, what do you think, Showtime, on that one? Just because again, we we were, uh, you said this was probably if not the first time, the first time you've seen it in a very very long time. Um, 
what 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 did you think of of the open? Like I know I, I know I lean a little bit on the production quality sometimes just because if you're gonna entertain like entertain up and down. I thought that I, I thought just this one was just not quite there. Yeah, it was kind of unnoticeable to be honest with you. Like I kind of went through it, kind of forgot it immediately after watching it. it. Um which is kind of where I'm at with it. Mm-hmm. Um it immediately goes into the first match, which the opening match on this is Bubba Ray and Spike Dudley, along with Jeff Hardy, versus Three Minute Warning and Rico in a table elimination match. So for anyone listening who does not know who Three Minute Warning is, because again, this is 22 years ago, and some of the people watching wrestling weren't alive then at this point. That's, Sorry if that hurt fair. Sorry if that hurt you as much as it hurt me, but it is also true. Um, so three minute warning was Rosie and Jamal. Uh, Rosie is actually Roman Reigns' brother, his older brother. Um, Jamal was uh, went on to become Umaga, who unfortunately passed away untimely, um, and was kind of doing a lot of the stuff that Solo Sokoa was doing now, just a little bit more savage, not so street. But he was still he was doing the Simone Spike before uh, Solo was. I all uh, this match kinda was supposed to be a car crash, and it was a car crash. Um, I thought it was it was what it was supposed to be. It's it's mostly a cluster throughout it. The one thing I do enjoy is that they kind of kept they at least kept going for tables to try to go for the win. If 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 the match is the, is a ladder match or a table match. And you're not going for the reason to win. Like, what are we doing with the match? Like, I don't care about you grabbing. I, I, uh, I heard someone say the other day that these gimmick matches like this, a ladder match or a table match, it's just always assumed and always projected as automatically being no disqualification. And almost like maybe we don't do it that way. Like, hey, like, make sure the ref still tries to stop you. And do things like that, where the only thing that he lets you do is go get a team, allow the guy to be put through the table. That's the way to win. And I, I, I like that they kept doing that. Um, uh, Showtime, what do you think about this match? I know this isn't usually your your cup of tea. Yeah, it's it's not my style of match, but uh, it hit all the nostalgia buttons for me, uh, which I which I love because I'm a big Dudley fan. Uh, I actually love seeing Spike get thrown around, um, and and that was checked off here. Um, I liked uh, Three Minute Warning. Uh, I think they were they were great. Um, you know the there was like I'm a big fan of four of the six members of the of this uh, of this match, so. Never been a big Matt Hardy, uh, Jeff Hardy fan. Um, his just style of just high risk for high risk uh, sake is just not been my thing. Though the uh, the elimination he does in the in the walkway um, was was cool. It was a cool spot. Um, but overall, the the match it was it was fine. It was it was what it was. It was an okay opening to it. Um, the the teams kind of seemed smashed together specifically uh jeff with bubba and spike like they're usually against each other in this moment and i don't fully remember exactly why they were teaming up at the time i know that devon was on the other brand which is why he wasn't available for it but it seemed like i'm going to bring on my enemy to take on my enemies uh just kind of like hey yeah they throw jeff in there i'm just like "Ah, all right (laughs) um one of the things i I, i've never been a huge jeff hardy fan myself um i get 
where his appeal comes in. One of the sure. things that I did uh, that I did put in my notes is at least at this point, he's still young enough and he's still healthy enough to do his Jeff Hardy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, and also I I equate some of this to who they were wrestling again, who they were working with. Um, honestly, Jeff did the whisper in the wind, which I honestly kind of hate that move half the time. And when he hit uh, Rosie, uh, yeah, Rosie with it, he hit Rosie with it. And man, that man walked right into it. He took the full force. So like he made it look like it was actually something devastating where in the last, for the last 12 years or so, anytime I've seen Jeff do it, it looks like he is coming nowhere near that, that, that guy. Um, Rosie, Rosie took that. Uh, Rosie is also my highlight of this because he took the most insane bump I've ever seen in my life. Uh, there is a point where he looks like he is getting up top to do like a moonsault or something. He is literally standing on the on the top rope and he is bigger than Roman is. And he's yeah, he did. He, they, he dropped down and did a split leg moonsault like maneuver and just hit the bump. And I was like, that is insane. That is the most... It was the most insane, and he, he bounced off of it high. He came back up, like, he bounced almost as high as where his head was when he dropped down originally. It was, I, I'm not usually a huge fan of the big bump unless there's a payoff, and I'm, it sucks that it looked like that was kind of a throwaway because I don't think anyone else really noticed it unless they were looking, and I saw it, and I, was, and I had to rewind it because I was like, this is... That that move was nuts. Um, like I said, all around, I I I think you're right, Mike. I think this was this hit the nostalgia feels, um, which I know nostalgia always gets Scarpulo uh, Scarps over there as well. Yeah, um, this this entire show hit hit nostalgia feels. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it, man. I mean, like I didn't actually see this match that we're talking about right now, so that's why I didn't chime in, but. From everything here on after, I mean, I was in the fields the whole way, dude. It was, it was a throwback for sure, and a good one. the 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 one thing that I did walk away with this as well is I I, I kind of think that they the WWE they they wasted an opportunity with with Bubba Ray, uh, or it, like as like you could see, you could see what he turns into like with the with hindsight being twenty twenty, um. Like when he becomes Bully Ray in other places where he has a really cool solo run, um, you kind of see some of that that ability um, in this match where you can kind of see him taking on like a U.S. title run or or some of the other ones where he could have gone. I mean, I think they could have probably pushed him as far as they wanted to um, in, in WWE, and I, I think I would have really liked to have seen that. Um, uh, but but they kind of they kept him in that tag team specialist even here like putting all these people together keeping him close with yeah. Spike, um, so I, I just would like to see more singles from him um, and like as I'm watching this this match I'm like that's what's kind of hitting me, uh, but I think overall it's cool like it's it's an interesting match. I like the ending, uh, like you said. I like the that they got the Dudleys back together at the end of it. Yeah, Devon comes they bring out. Devon in. Um, they, they they bring they get the big New York City pop for the New York City boys. Um, yep. I think that that was that was huge. That was obviously um, that that was obviously calculated. That's why you start with those guys is to get the crowd but, off hot. 
but not getting a Devon get the tables. I mean, come on, like you, you yeah. have one job. Like the table was already there. I get why, why he didn't do it. Um, but come on, like Devon get the tables. Um, to touch on what you said, Mike, about uh, Bubba's single run. Uh, I think a lot of it was also at the time the the top of the card was pretty congested at that point. Sure, uh, um, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. It's just you know because again hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Yeah, um, because don't forget at the time, like just let's just talk about the people that are in the main event of this show. You're we're looking at. Uh, the Triple H's, the Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho, RVD, Booker T, and Kane. They're already in that main event picture. Uh, we're about a year or two away from getting Cena hot. Uh, maybe three years tops, but we're about to get Cena hot. We've got Angle, who's hot. We've got Big Show. We've got Lesnar. There's a lot. There's just a lot of people at the top of the card, and I feel like it was hard to... Uh, push him in there unless there was people like the people who ended up even ascending to the top of the card that weren't on the top of the card at this point. It's it felt a little bit more organic where I, I do agree with you. I think uh, Bubba should have been pushed harder. Um, I think the natural I, I think it became well, we don't need the bubble, uh, the Dudleys until we need them. And now we're going to break them back out. It's the yeah. same for it's the f- same like four horsemen mentality. Um. The second segment is with Stacy Keebler at uh, at the the world in uh, New York City, which uh, at one point was also called WWF New York. Um, me and Mr. Showtime over there have been to uh, the place while it was still WWF New York. It was kind of cool. It was uh, it was definitely a different take on things. I think it ended up just being not enough of a draw for how much New York City pricing was even back then. Um, during this segment, um, Saliva performs, which, again, if many of our listeners might not be alive for to know who Saliva was. Um, but uh, at, in my notes, I put very early 2000 pop culture WWE uh, this is kind of just exactly what all of that was. Um, I mean, you hear saliva, right? You think like pod, puddle of mud, things like that. Like those yeah, were uh, corn. Those were kind of the bands at corn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that I said for uh, that I put for this is they play a video uh, vignette during this while saliva is playing, mm-hmm. and I felt like this should have been the cold open. What they show in this in the in the vignettes while they're playing was so much cooler than what they actually showed. It got me more interested for the pay-per-view that at the time, if I was watching it, I would already have bought. This was also the time where they were dropping all the different uh, CDs. Uh, that was kind of really big. Uh, for those that don't that don't know, CDs are little discs that held music. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so like those were really cool uh, at the time. I will say the line of the night happens in this segment when Stacy says that she's uh, surrounded by a throng of testicles. Um, really, really made me laugh. I had to listen to that a couple of times. Uh, just <laughs> just, just really, killed me in the moment. Mike, really touch your right where it should though, be. Um, like when you were saying about CDs being like CDs were huge then. Yeah. But didn't like the WWE or just wrestling in general see a huge push in like CD sales? Because I remember, yeah. like, I, they were actual, like, 
like yeah, albums w, with the superstars yeah, w, tracks w, w, on w, uh, WWF the music and all the different ones. Uh, yeah, that, that's what I mean. Yeah, because they used to sell them a lot, and like, I mean, I had one. I, I'm it, sure it, it came out of like nowhere, though. Yeah, and they had like long versions of all the entrance musics. That's when you started getting more, uh, more like famous bands doing some of the the music and whatnot. Uh, they did um, a lot more live music until there's a couple that just kind of like that, that were just terrible live, well, and, and, and they're and, like, let's and, stop doing that. Yeah, and they also started uh, kind of transitioning into, like you said, a lot of kind of more mainstream bands doing these, uh, doing these entrances. Uh, my favorite is always disturbed doing stone cold music. Which, yeah. Why did you have to change stone cold's music? Especially to my pancakes are living inside you. I think you change this music cause it's all about making money and you throw that onto a CD saying that disturbed is featured on it and you move on for sure. Um, so we uh, we eventually go from that to uh, match number two. Um, I like this match. Uh, this is this match is for kind of the the wrestler in me. Um, it's Jamie Noble, who is the cruiserweight champion at the time, versus Billy Kidman. Um, Billy Kidman had a very good WCW career. Um, unfortunately, always kind of got slammed into that cruiserweight area when he was. Uh, I, I mean, the problem was, is there was just too many big guys, but I remember him and Rey Mysterio being the tag team champions in WCW and then them giving him the WCW cruiserweight tag team championships, which that just seemed like it was a waste of a title. Like if you've already got guys that you put the tag titles on nor the regular tag titles on, why do we need to have a cruiserweight tag title? Um, but all around. I thought this was a really good match. Um, I like the opening for it. Uh, the The opening for the match really shows Kidman going for pinfalls, a, a lot of a, a, a lot of quick roll ups and pins just to try to get the the victory really quickly. Which I like that when baby faces do that. Um, I know uh, you Showtime said you weren't the hugest fan of this match. I wanted um, to like this match a lot more than I did. Um, like it's my style, but I, I thought the match was relatively clunky and there was some real major high spots uh, that should have ended the match. And like specifically um, towards the very end of the match, uh, a noble like spike DDT's Kidman when, it, when he's on the top rope with like leaving his legs on there and like, it looks like he really spikes him. Um, and he bounces right up and does a shooting star press right afterwards. Uh, like he should have been, <laughs> that should have been the end of the match. Uh, like actually that DDT looked more devastating than the shooting star press itself. So like, those are the things that always pull me out of matches. And like, I just kind of lose it at that point. Um, I also was never like, I think Jamie Noble was a great wrestler. I absolutely hated his gimmick, like the the redneck inbred, my sister cousin gimmick. Uh, just didn't do anything for me. Um, call, I don't know, call me crazy. Um, and and at the time, I think that Kidman, like his gimmick, was kind of generic at, at the time as well. So um, there there wasn't a lot of sizzle to it. I think Kidman is a great wrestler. Like, give me Kidman versus Hoovy. Give me Kidman versus Ray. Um, back in those WCW times that you're talking about, like give me him and Gene Schwartz before Gene Schwartz were cool. Um, and and like I'm, I, I mean, at some point in time they were. Um, I think at least that's what I'm telling myself. No, we're, uh, so we're like, gonna give him, we're gonna give him a pass. Absolutely, yeah. 
I'll pass. Uh, so, so that was like, so I wanted to like it more. It had the potential to be more. I just think that particularly like the second half of the match just kind of got clunky. There were some spots that just there seemed forced. Um, I would like to be smoother. And, you know, I, like particularly on this card where the second half is, I think, absolutely amazing that like it makes it even feel a little worse personally like i've really enjoyed this match from Mm -hmm. like just my standpoint i thought it was super entertaining uh at points i'm watching it saying to myself and this is a bit of a stretch but watching kidman at certain points during the match i'm like is he trying to be bret hart right now and like there there were just times like i said just technically i thought it was a really sound match now i'm not looking at it through the same lens that you guys are but i i I was drawn, you know what I mean? I was just like, dude, I forgot about this match wholeheartedly. And in my head, I'm like, I think Kidman wins. I don't know. And I had to rewatch it to find out. So like, I, I enjoyed it, man. I really did. And the shooting star press, like you said, I mean, it, it may have been kind of controversial to why would you follow up? How can you get up that quickly? But it did end on the shooting star press, which, okay, we knew that was going to happen, right? If it's going to end, it's going to be on a big move. It was on a big move. I enjoyed it. I love the shooting star press. I think it's a great finisher. Like that, that wasn't the point. The point was I got spiked with a DDT from the right. top rope. Yes. And then I was like, ah, I'm good. Like, you should, it's you fine. should be dead. It's fine. Fine. We'll, we'll believe this. So I'm going to say this. Uh, I don't mind top rope moves so long as they're done uh, in the right context. I think Kidman always did the shooting star press in the right context, aside mm-hmm. from the fact that I, I agree with you getting spiked on his head. It should have. There should have been some more leeway, and again, we don't know. Maybe the the ref had something in his headpiece going, "Hey, we need to we need to chop some time down. We're going a little long. Let's let's wrap it up." So that could have been a thing. Um, my thing with uh, Kidman's specific shooting star press is it might actually be my favorite top rope maneuver of all time. Kidman specific, I think it is beautiful. It is it is a it is a like I've seen other people pull the shooting star press. I think Kidman's is the most beautiful one to watch uh he has like a curve to it how he goes through it just looks like it flows this very specific and perfect way um and it like it, it's it's a natural way that he goes over uh the other thing that i will say about this match is this is where i disagree with mr uh mr showtime over there this match had the line of my night and that was taz on commentary with jamie noble lining up to do a uh tobe suicida and said, and he goes, Noble's got something up his sleeves, but he has no shirt, so he has no <laughs> sleeves. Yes, he and, did, in fact. <laughs> and it's twenty over 20 years later. I remember watching it live. I popped then. I popped now. It's still funny. It will be funny tomorrow. It'll be funny a week from now. Uh, throughout the entire night, I think Taz was the best announcer. Um, like, he, he was awesome. Like, this was like, Taz at the top of his game. Um, I, I think he was the best. He brought the most humor, the, the, the most of everything to, to the match, to the matches that he called. Um, and he's surrounded by legends, right? And not that anyone did a bad job. I just think that he was awesome. Well, you guys um, already know how I feel about Taz, man. Taz is my homie. I would love Taz always and forever. Taz, Taz is my boss rooting. You feel me? That's my dude. So, um, how crazy know. is it though that Taz on commentary almost erased all of our memory of Taz the wrestler, and that's that that's insane for, I mean, at the time as how big ECW had gotten at one point, 
and no one really talks about Taz, the ECW world champion, probably the longest reigning ECW world champion. That's because he got completely buried in, it, uh, in, in, in WWE. Like it's, it's one of like the worst buries I, I've ever seen because like, he could have come into the WWE and, and made some waves and, you know, politics, politics. Well, and I'm over here saying that speaks volumes to what he did for commentary. Right. And as a commentator, uh, and then Mike hits me with the, well, he should have done better. You're also not wrong. Like he, like it does kind of show how yeah. good he was on the mic. But he could have been a mega star there. in the WWE yeah. as well. Well, especially yeah, how, been. how different the characters are though. Like he was, uh, one of the things that I've always heard Paul Heyman say is we didn't present Taz or Chris Benoit as a five foot nine badass. We just presented him as a badass. Yeah. There is nothing badass about commentary Taz. Nothing whatsoever. Except for- yeah. He's just an absolute, like he's a walking gaff, dude. Everything he says yeah. is, is gold. It, it's- it, it was, it's just so good. And when he wants to be kind of the straight man in the situation, he knows the names of these moves. He knows what mm-hmm. these are really called. He knows both the pro wrestling version and the judo version because he is a black belt in judo. He like that's how he came. That's how he got it. Not to mention his his amateur wrestling background on top of the judo. Like he he is he was the human suplex machine. He was all of those things, and then he became the funniest commentator that WWE had seen in quite literally the last twenty years. He's probably the funniest commentator since Bobby Heenan. So did uh did I ever tell you guys about my amateur background? Oh, you gotta pay extra for that. It's fine. Well, for <laughs> another another session. Oh, I digress. Geez. All right. So uh, immediately after going to that, we get a backstage segment with uh, Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle. Um, I thought this was prime time Benoit and Angle. This was exactly what we expect from their characters. Um. Benoit being the intense rabid Wolverine that we've been presented for the last 10 years and angle quite possibly being the most dangerous man on this entire planet and just full on leaning into comedy. I mean, he was talking to him like it was leave it to beaver. You know what I mean? He's like, come on, buddy. No, tag partners don't shake hands. They hug, they hug buddy. Come on. Dude, I I was dying watching the entire when, thing. Man. When when they when they when they panned around and they showed Angle's face during the hug, and he said, "Come on, let's get tough." I I lost it. I like and, ben, and Benoit's face, bro, was just yeah. And like, he and like, he, he looked nervous. Facial expression, dead stare, dude, <laughs> deadpan. Oh, the, yeah. uh, I love the dynamic between the two of these guys. Like this was like like particularly the match that they are building towards, um, where you have the uh, Los Guerreros, you have Edge and, and Ray, and then you have uh, Kurt and Benoit. The, this angle was so good. Uh, Put these guys. This one that I would love to see them resurface, having two people be complete polar opposites, um, be tag team champions because they're that good and then just absolutely hate each other at the same moment in time. Uh, it was just it was just a lot of fun and, and something different where like, you, you don't get that that gimmick all that often. I, I, I loved it. So they they tr- they kind of re- revisited a little bit with uh, when they did Cesaro and Sheamus. 
the difference is, is they never broke them up. Like it was, it, it, it turned into a mutual respect thing. I almost go with that angle and Benoit work so well because yes, their, their personalities were supposed to be so different, but in the ring, they were probably as similar as any two guys are going to be like, they're, they're the two guys that if you told me that Chris Benoit stretched you or Kurt Angle stretched you, I said, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nope. No, that's, that's what happened. Um, I, uh, I know we constantly harp on suspension of disbelief. If you're going to make me suspend disbelief that two guys are going to beat me up, it's those two guys. 100%. And those guys are wrestlers, bro. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's no other term to put. Those boys are absolute, yeah. were absolute, say it how you say it, but absolute wrestlers, man. I mean, from, from head to toe, there was no, there was no getting around them and they were going to put you on the floor and it was probably going to be wrapped around your waist and you're flying off your feet. They were incredible. Exactly. Um, okay. I know we're, uh, we are moving through at a nice speed right now. I think, uh, the next bit was a segment backstage, uh, with Victoria looking into a mirror, acting crazy. Uh, this was her gimmick. Um, I, I didn't love all of this. I, I, it's, it's a little out of my wheelhouse for everything. Um, I liked that they kind of kept her being a little crazy, but they eventually toned it down. Um, and I think she really came into, again, going back to mainstream bands or popular music at the time. It was weird, but it almost seemed like Victoria didn't get to it, uh, get to a point where everyone just accepted her until they used that song by Tattoo, the T-A-T-U. The, all the things they said, all the things they said. Uh, it all of a sudden, like, it, it just turned on for her. Like, it, it sounded like crazy music. But at least it ha- it wasn't just like instrumental crazy. Um, but just in general, Victoria, I I, I thought uh, this led directly into uh, match three, which is a hardcore women's uh, uh, world title match. Um, I wrote on this one. I I, I feel like I, I understood where they were going with this. I don't think it was a bad match. I just I don't. I, I felt like we went too far into gimmicks. There were too many gimmick matches on this sh- on this card. Um, we have six total matches. Three of them are either gimmicks or they're some sort of elimination match. But isn't that the point of Survivor Series? Like they, they always so, kind of did that, right? So I like the elimination. I th- I, I I don't. It seems like there were too much. There was too much gimmick on this uh, on this show. You started off. You started the show off with a gimmick match. Then match three is immediately a gimmick match. Your main event is a gimmick match. It's 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 a lot of gimmick. Respectfully, Steve, shut your filthy mouth. Okay. Yeah, I agree. So, <laughs> uh, dude, I loved it. I thought it was a great match. Um, first of all, Trish Stratus, international treasure. Okay, so shut up. Victoria I mean, as well. That's true. Come on. This it was a fun match, man. Um there was, was some like crazy because they ended with that, a clothesline. Or uh, with a I'm sorry, with a suplex. I did love the fact that they ended it with a suplex, but there were some crazy things that happened, didn't it, right? At some point it looked like they were just looking for things. Like, should I keep hitting him with this like Kempo stick or should I use this Oscar the Grouch can lid? We didn't know at, at certain points. Having said that. They put the work in for that match, and and it was enjoyable. 
And again, if I may say, Trish Stratus is an international treasure. So you shut your filthy mouth. Steven. I think I think he's just biased. Um, here's the thing: as far as hardcore matches go, or and women's hardcore matches, I thought it was good. I, I it, it it was a night of car crashes, and at some point, I would like. I think that's why I kind of liked the uh, the excuse me the Kidman uh, Noble match a little bit better. Was it gave me a break from the car crash. So that's that's probably just where I was at in it. Um, I like I said, I don't I don't think it was a bad match. I just think it was it, it, there was too much, too many hardcore gimmicks on this match, which was kind of a trend for WWE at the time in general. Yeah, this match was fine for me. Um, I mean, everyone loves Trish, right? This is the same. This is the gimmick that you that you run when you face against Trish, right? Like, I feel like this is not the first or last time that she had a crazy person following her around. Um, nope. so uh, the, the match was, was fine. Um, I, I enjoyed watching it. it. It had some good spots here and there. Um, again, I'm, j- I was just never a fan of hardcore wrestling. Um, uh, so like, it, like I want to see good wrestling matches, um, every time that there's something that throws it off. Like, uh, the hardcore stuff just never did it for me. I like gimmick matches. Like give me a ladder match. Even the tables match. I like more because there's like a, a purpose to it. Right. Like, I, like in order to win this match, I got to put somebody through the table where it's just like, I get to use a whole bunch of weapons. It's, it, I don't know, whatever. Um, I will say this. There is a spot in the match that I absolutely loved. Um, you know me, I love, I love something that has a, a bit of good psychology to it. And, Victoria was choking Trish with a broomstick at one point and then stands up and stands on the broomstick. I thought that was, I, 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 that, that as far as the match goes, that's the spot of the match for me. Um, it showed a lot of, again, a lot of psychology. It was, I'm the bigger, stronger girl. I'm going to stand on this broomstick over your larynx. And I thought that was, uh, she started the match by choking Trish out with her own jacket. Yes. Her own shirt, whatever it was, you know, I mean, it was absolutely, it was a brilliant maneuver. Like she attacked her from the get go. It was, I thought it was a good match, man. I enjoyed watching it again. Trish. <laughs> International treasure. International, International treasure. treasure. Um, yes. All right, guys. The, in, uh, the next segment is Eric Bischoff uh, doing a backstage interview, talking about, um, his creation, which is the elimination chamber that we will see later. We have still not actually, we've kind of seen it a little bit, but it's still hanging above the ring at this point. Um, and big show interrupts him because he was traded from raw to SmackDown and basically tells Bischoff that he'll regret doing that. Uh, just wait until what happens afterwards. Um, I think Bischoff's doing good work here. Like you said, uh, Showtime, I think he does, I, I think him and Vince working together at this point made more sense than bringing him into work against each other. I thought he was a good foil to be arguing with Stephanie McMahon at the time, who was the SmackDown GM. Um, I And obviously I like, I, I, I would have liked to have Big Show. I don't think he mentions... WCW, obviously, uh, they probably wouldn't, but I like that he talks about getting traded. I would have liked him to have kind of said, you let me go twice, 
I'm going to prove you. I'm I'm going to do something to prove you wrong, especially going into yeah. a world title match. Yeah. So uh, I like Bischoff in the in this moment. I I think he he did great. I said it before, and and, and I'll say it again. Uh, I think he's really strong in this. I wish Vince and Bischoff worked this well together in the invasion angle. Uh, and I would love to do an episode, one of these special episodes where we redo the invasion angle where it's actually good. Uh, because if you know. If Bischoff was there too, and you had some stars they were trying to bury, uh, it could have been a real. It could have been the most epic moment in time of all history of wrestling. Um, instead, we got what we did. Um, so, not uh, not to digress off of this event. Um, I thought that was strong. I, I agree. I would love to have seen um, him bring up that old wound of WCW, um, but but I get it. The big show there actually didn't do much for me. Uh, it was more the Bischoff uh, portion of that segment when it was just him alone. Um, though I always like the good he's standing right behind me moments. I mean, look, Bischoff, he's charismatic, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, whether he decides to be a weasel on camera or a visionary or maybe a combination of the two. Both. The man's charismatic. You, like, you listen to him, you watch him. And I think in this moment, like like you guys already said, I mean, he did a really good job of just really selling what he needed to and and this again it just it brought back a lot of memories and i forgot really how enticing this was as a product and this is going back 22 years man so to still yeah. feel that and it kind of get a reconnect is is pretty special i think and it's yeah, it what right? they did right yeah, yeah. absolutely which, which again this uh i mean we've talked about crowd reaction crowd response how how having it um i mean having it is just that it's it's having an emotional response to what is happening. You have to care about what's going on. And as much as we keep saying it's 22 years ago, it's 22 years ago. And when we watch it, we still care. Like we watch it and we care about what's going on. Um, I think that might not, not to get too far off topic or to sound like the bitter jaded old man, but maybe that's what some of these young guys need to uh, look into is why we cared then and why we might not care now about what you do because there's 17 bodybuilders standing next to each other. Um, Back in my day when wrestling was good. Uh, we walked uphill both ways. <laughs> we drank PBR and had a whole bunch of belly fat. Uh, um, all right. So guys, the uh, segment that immediately followed that was a backstage uh, segment with uh, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. Um, over the last few weeks, I think I've said this enough. Heyman is always gold. I think Heyman was gold in this. man. He did it again. (laughs) Um, I think this is, I think this was great. I think Heyman sold it enough to give you some foreshadowing with also, well, maybe he won't be such a sniveling weasel. He's always going to be a sniveling. I love how scared he was. Like, really said, of course I'm scared. Um, like, that was, it was a good change of of a demeanor for him, where he's always so cocky, particularly in front of the, the, the crowd. Obviously, this is backstage, so he can be more real um, with Brock. But um, the end of the day, like, I, I really like that segment to build into this, um, particularly for the, the mayhem of a match that comes next, which which I did really yeah, I mean, Heyman does what Heyman does. And he, ah, listen, he, he turned a lot of heads uh, for, from the moments to follow. I mean, it was, 
it was fun. I, I mean, I, I I keep saying this, and I know maybe I'm beating the dead horse. Even <laughs> he, he's 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 on the Mount Rushmore, right? Like he, Heyman is part Absolutely. of the Mount Rushmore of managers at this point. Mm-hmm. Like like he's got to be like even if there's only four names, like it's he's got to be one of those four. I I mean, everyone's names might change. I feel like it, it's got to be Heenan and Heyman are on there though, right? Like who, who else are you putting on there though? I have to ask. For me, uh, it's going to be Heenan. It's going to be Heyman. It's going to be Cornette. Uh, the fourth one, Uji, maybe. No, I I have to have Jimmy Hart on there. Jimmy Hart, actually, you know what? You 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 said it, and I just I, I was on the spot, and I couldn't think of 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 a viable fourth name. It's probably Bro, you know, I was I was really waiting for you to say Paul Bearer as like the fourth one, and uh, I was I was waiting for it. Um. I he's great. Let's, uh, let's let's give some real good thought to this and, and throw this in a show. Honestly, let's let's guys, let's put it in for next week as part of a segment. We'll I like yeah. it. We'll, we'll 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 figure that out. Um but yeah, I think like I said, just going back to what I was saying, Heyman's on there. And honestly, am I at this point? It's hard to tell me that he's not number two. Um, so this uh, went right into a video lead for the Brock and Big Show match. Again, production quality, amazing. Uh, I thought everything they did with this. Um, if you just watched this, even if you weren't a fan of what was leading up to, um, leading up to the match, everything they do with these video packages it, it, to this day, but it really started in the mid to late nineties and then into this, you didn't have to watch the the shows leading up to this. And this made you want to watch the match. This could have been, and I'm not saying this was a bad match. This could have been a bad match. And going into this, I wouldn't have known it was going to be a bad match because all these video segments always made me want to watch. Um, yeah, I actually, I actually going into the match, I was like, oh, this is going to be, this match to be fine. It wasn't going to be a great one. Um, but, but boy, was I wrong. I, I had forgotten how good this match was. I absolutely love the way Brock threw Big Show around. Um, some of the, like, you talk about suplexes, um, and like, like literally just throwing them over his head left and right. Um, absolutely. I thought it was, I, I thought it was a really, really good. Match. This is where my, my demeanor of the night shifted. Um, because I think from this point on, this this pay per view was awesome, and this one particularly, and then the big swerve at the end, uh, which I, I'm still scratching my head why you would drop Brock for this, but this is young, this is very young Brock, um, compared to who he becomes, who, who we know now he becomes into, um, but it like the Heyman double crossing him was such a surprise. Uh, I, I feel like no one at the time really expected it, though he will always double cross you once you don't uh, fill his need. Like I'm waiting for him to double cross Roman at this moment in time, uh, maybe double cross him for the rock or something like that. Like he's already kind of done it to uh, uh, to members of that giant family tree, because uh, if you don't, if you remember, he was the uh, manager for the Wild Samoas uh, as Paulie Dangerous. Um, and so like, I don't, I don't know if he double crossed them or that. I haven't looked back at that, but he's already managed people and left them later on. So well, uh, in this family, so it was just wild though, man. Cause what Brock, Brock hit him with the F five, right? He hits big show. 
with yeah. the F five. And then he's he's got him covered up, and that's when, like you said, Mike, like boom, double cross happens. Everybody's sitting there, like, what did we just watch? Yeah, what, yeah. what happened? Because at, yeah. it, at their Big Show has no business getting up from that, right? There's no way he's kicking out of that. Not going to happen. And then boom, tables turn. It was insane, insanity in the arena too, in the garden. Well, and, and it started just with him being able to lift him up for the F five multiple times for other moves too. I mean. Yeah. God. Um, he 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 just makes the rest of us seem like lesser men at this point. It's there's real wrestling in this uh, in this match, right? Like I, I we were talking earlier about the thing that about today's wrestling that I that I'm not all that happy about is they kind of took the wrestling out. Like most matches are a bunch of punches and kicks that go into big spots later on. Uh, this one had real wrestling in it, and they really do uh, get into that early on. And for two big men to be the ones that kind of pull that out, I think is 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 even more impressive because usually um, they rely more on just high impact moves. But this also goes into the actual wrestling high impact moves. So, so uh, to get into your your this was a wrestling match. Uh, I like how they start off the match. One, it's with a lockup. I'm always a fan of a wrestling match starting off with a wrestling hold. Mm -hmm. Um, But they used the lockup as an intimidation spot for each other to see who could push each other around while locked together. Again, if we're going to do the big bull match, the bulls are going to lock horns. Let's try to see who's really going to push each other around. And I, uh, you know, I thought this match was good. I thought it was really good. I thought it was better than I thought it was going to be originally, better than I remember it being. Um, I think when Heyman turns uh, on Brock and Brock looks at him, Heyman's facials are amazing. Um, He just, he like, he goes from being so happy that he did this to being so scared that now he's looking at Brock Lesnar and it's this perfect, just, yeah, like, just, he just jumps and it's, it, everything just changes on him at that point. And you're seeing everything and it's just, it's so good. So, so good. Um, and then the, the runaway into the limo because they just pulled off the, the, oh, heist they, of the night they took off. Point. They took off, bro. As soon as they got into that limo, they were gone. That's the great. worst part about this match was uh, the Big Show's terrible handlebar mustache. Uh, I don't know if I remembered about that, but but that thing was uh, that, was, that was rough. Possibly him wearing the jeans too. Uh, all right, um, let's see. Immediately after that match, we get a video package. This leads into our three-team tag team match. Um, I thought the video package was great on this. Again, I'm. I'm never going to bash their video packages. I think this one really, really showed um, either team cohesiveness between the teams or in Angle and Benoit's uh, part that they were just not getting along. Uh, Showtime, what did you think on on this one? This is great. It was a good lead up. Like I like the fact that I hadn't watched this so long. It actually kind of got me caught up on on where this match was going. So I think it did its job perfectly. Um, I think the six men in this match are, are some of the best wrestlers we've ever seen. So yeah, uh, ever, it, like it doesn't ever. take yeah ever like so. 
So like, it doesn't take much for me to get excited for this match, but I think that the, the, that vignette kind of it really catches you up to speed on on the stuff that led up to this match. Um, so so I was very happy with it. Scarps, we were just going over the video package that leads into the three team tag team match. What are uh, what are your thoughts on that? I'm so sorry that I, I fast forwarded there, but uh, I was first of all just super pumped for for what was about to happen, right? Like I think the lead up for it, the vignette. It, it was you, really cool, man. It, it piqued interest and it got me excited to like, let's go. I'm ready we're, to we're, see these guys. I'm ready to see what's going to happen. Were you still super pumped when Edge came out using his crappy Rob Zombie music? No, but that is what <laughs> it is. And I will forever feel that way. So just, I'm just saying, never going to stop. Yeah. Never going to stop. The, <laughs> you know, like for the interest is as this thing got going, I wish Edge and Ray came out together. Uh, Whereas in like obviously Los Guerreros because they were a real tie team, uh, when they came out, they came out together. The, you know, similar music. They're they're like I love when when you have like matching tights and like there are different colors, but they were the same tights. Um, so like you know, Los Guerreros were, were a real tie team. I would have liked to seen Edge and Ray come out together with some sort of like cool video package, maybe a mashup of their their songs or whatever it is, uh, and then have Angle and Benoit come out separately to drive home the fact that they are not jiving together. I just think it would have been a nice little detail. Um, I would like they, that. They, uh, were, they were really pushing though. Like it, it was very clear that Angle and Benoit have, have been at, at us. Sure. But yeah, that absolutely meant a little extra flair. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, what, what do I have on here? I'm sorry. Uh, I like that. This is technically before they started doing the Guerreros as the lie, cheat and steal. Like, I, I, that wasn't even their music at the time. It was just Latino heat. And yeah. it came out, you know. Um, so there's a little bit of that. Um, one of the things I did notice, and this is huge for me, is the presentation of Rey Mysterio in this is he's a huge star. Mm-hmm. They, 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 never, they never faltered away from that, which is very, very not, not commonplace for a small man in the WWE, WWF, whatever you want to call it. Even then, even when they were still transitioning into some of the smaller, more versatile wrestlers, there was, if you had told me in 1987 that a five foot three Mexican luchador was going to be the world champion someday and probably one of the biggest stars of all time, I would go, okay, okay, whatever, whatever you say, buddy. Yeah, um, I mean, we're looking at him. He's an absolute Hall of Famer. There's no doubt yeah. about it. No oh, absolutely. The, the uh, so, I, I go with the record often on saying how I hate like six flips to do one thing uh, on the, on the side. But, and I think that a lot of people get that style from Ray and the, and the literature style. So when he comes out and he does it right, like the, the extra flips, the extra momentum that he gets in these, I fully believe that gives him a little bit more of an edge that gives him the, like, the equalizer for these bigger people though. Not, I don't think anyone in this match is, is really all that big. Um, so it's not, he's I, not I going think, up against, I think edge and angle are the two biggest guys edge, edge being the tallest and angle probably being the thickest. And remember like edge at this time feels like he has like 40 pounds less of muscle than edge today. Yeah, uh, no, like he, he he, he's like the skinny guy. Um, so, but like, like this is what, 
this is what we learned Luchador wrestling was in, in the US, like what he did here. Like obviously, like he uh, was a lot more in his ECW and WCW days, but the way he comes off here, the way he interacts with the the Guerreros and uh, with with uh Angle and Benoit, uh I absolutely pop for. I absolutely love this is like peak Ray for me. Um I've never I don't know if I've ever disliked a match of Ray's, uh, but uh, but he definitely comes through great in this match. Well, and also realistically, uh, actually, I'm going to say this, and I need to make sure I, you guys understand. I'm not, I'm not bashing him when I say this. Aside from Edge, I think this is the the other five guys probably at their best, right? Like, I mean, and the only reason why I'm saying that this isn't Edge's best is he hadn't matured enough into mm-hmm. what he was going to become. I'm not saying that Edge did anything wrong or that he was bad in this match. What I'm saying is the other five guys are so far into their game at this point that it's like like Angle like was a sponge and just was a prodigy in, in uh, pro wrestling. And he was clearly wrestling less time than uh, Edge was at this point, but he was just Kurt Angle. Like he did what he did. Benoit, this is just before he went into his uh, his runs to get the world title. Uh, Ray was getting set up for this, which unfortunately it it stinks to say it is that a little of his push probably did come from uh eddie passing away but i mean even chavo chavo looked so good in this match just so yeah so so amazingly good his drop kick looked so beautiful in this match it just looked clean um the one thing wait, i will say wait before you before you move on from chavo i actually was a little disappointed that he didn't get more time to do like his job kick was amazing. It was more I, wa- I Chavo. wanted more Chavo. Yeah. I, I wanted more Chavo. Like he, like he was the one that brings the belt in. He, yeah. like, I actually was, while I was watching this match, I was expecting him to get the win. Cause he really didn't do much throughout it. He was just like, there was, I, I know there's so many people here. Um, but like, that is like, I, I wanted to see him have a little bit more of a spotlight. Cause if you actually look at this match to, to, to kind of echo what you're saying there, Steve, uh, Angle's the only main eventer in this match at this point in time. Yeah. Like Angle has main evented in the past. No one else really has. Yeah, I was gonna and say he's been world the, champion by this point. Yeah, and like like Chavo never becomes a, a main eventer, but like the youngest guy in this match is Edge, and that's why he kind of feels that's why I, I understand what you're saying. It's no disrespect for him. He just these this is right before Eddie and Benoit. Uh, go over the edge when they really do hit that stride where they they become world champions because when they become main eventers even though they've always had the skill but this is at that precipice of when they're about to go over yeah and really convince everybody uh and then ray is right behind them in that uh, kurt has already been there and edge is kind of breaking free from the edge and christian moment where he is becoming more of a single star where it's like First, I'm going to transition to you to have a different tag partner, and then you can go and be a singles person. Yeah, he just like like you said, he's the youngest guy here, and he feels like the youngest guy here. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not I'm not saying that in a disrespectful way. It's just where he was in the world at that point. Um, I will say this: as good as Rey Mysterio is, and has always been, and always will be. Um, did y'all happen to catch the botch? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was rough. It, uh, I I I thought it was a good cover up, 
I thought Eddie. Uh, I mean, Eddie was in there with them, so I'm not surprised. I don't know. If, I don't know if I caught it to be honest. So there was uh, there was a point in the match they went to do something, and I'm sure it's something they've done before. And I think this is why Ray actually changed up his boots after this, uh, and maybe went to to wrestling shoes with kick pad. It's uh, I I think he switched up after this overall, but he went. Uh, he was running at at Eddie. Eddie went to do the the high the, the high push up. And he was supposed to go over him and land on the top rope and probably hit him with like a moonsault or do that like backflip DDT that they've always been famous for. And Ray's foot just completely slipped off the top rope and he came down and he came down hard. And Eddie just instinctually turned around and started putting a boot to him. Like they didn't even go to try to do the move again like a lot of people would have done. They just he just started beating on him. And I was like, okay, good cover up. Um, another nice thing well, that I saw. Wait, oh. wait, Steve. Um, so, but he does kind of miss that rope. I, like he was trying to do the, like the sit down, bounce off the ropes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and kind of just like slips off that and and, and hits the ground hard. Well, dude, I, I thought Eddie and Chavo man had a phenomenal match as far as actual chemistry goes. Uh, we we already know, yeah, they're they're tag partners, well, right? They're they the have, real tag team here, right? Yeah, but they're, I mean, they're the they real tag team and their so family. Clean. Yeah, their family. They've they've grew up together. They're an actual tag team, but they they just, I mean, they they essentially finished each other's sentences that entire match, you know. And again, like you said, Mike, I mean, Eddie got got more spotlight. Uh, Chavo, we we all would have loved to see him do a little bit more, but I, I thought they worked so well together in this match. Um, one of the things I, I really like too, uh, you saw it a bit in the beginning of the match. Um, Kurt Angle, who is so clearly the best mat based wrestler in this match, easily. There's, 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 it's not a question. When you win a gold medal in the Olympics and two national championships in the NCAA, you're the best mat based wrestler there. But he started off the match being the bumping heel, and I loved it. It was just, he did it so good. And I was, and like, even I think he gets a tag from Benoit at one point, but he's bumping into the tag and he just looks, he's got this, you know, 3000 mile stare and, and, and all that. Um, another cool point from the match. And I would love for a team, uh, you know, a, uh, uh, Daniel Bryan and Cesaro type team to, or I'm sorry, uh, Claudio Castanoli and Brian Danielson. I'm sorry, I need to call them by their current names uh, to probably bring this move back. When Angle and Benoit hit the ankle lock crossface combo, like it was one of those times where I thought I was like, oh, we're gonna see a, a tag team submission move, and this is gonna, this is gonna work. Like someone's about to get eliminated. Like yeah, iconic. They, yeah, it, it was so cool. It's one of those things where I, I put in my notes here. I would love to see this uh, uh, comeback. I also love the original reversals for the first hot tag that Ray gets to edge. It's just little things like that that I love seeing. Uh, seeing. Um, again, the, the, the heel ending to the match, it could have been a little cleaner at the end, but it was so good. Um I thought the Eddie slip up was actually even worse than the Ray slip up. Uh, he went to get pushed in for to to be set up for the six one nine, and you can see that his foot just gets caught on the mat or something like that, and he goes throat first into the rope, and it looks rough. I, 
I did but see that. Another another good cover up, but from Edge this oh, yeah. time, where Edge kind of just swung him around and put him on the opposite side of the ring, where yeah. Ray just kind of came around. Um, speaking of details, uh, the way the Guerreros started this match by being the one that did all of the pushing and the boasting in the ring, like really getting everybody worked up, and the first ones to leave. To yep. get out of that ring, to let them beat each other up. When Angle went over to tag Eddie or Chavo, and they both dropped down to refuse the tag, uh, where like that is what makes these guys great performers of really jumping in there and being like, like yeah, they like they started the fight and then they were the first out of the ring. Yeah, and then don't tag. I don't want to be in there. And then when they do get tagged like oh uh, that wasn't supposed to be me i don't want to be in this ring right now i don't want to get in uh that is just top notch like just top notch like it makes the match and like um in my opinion and then let the the other guys get their moment in time um i love the way angle and uh and benoit get eliminated um like adding to them going in there and then just like clearing house and just really hurting everybody (laughs) and finally going to the back and letting an actual tag match break out because instead of there being three teams there's only two teams to for the final um i will say this i kind of miss because nowadays anytime we get three-way matches or four-way matches it's always first fall first fall to a finish i do kind of miss some of the eliminations uh elimination style matches i think it gives um it gives you a nice finality um to to the ending where you okay the guy who won won and it's 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 a nice like i said it's a nice ending to a feud sometimes and it's one of those and like again with even with this like uh, the only the only discrepancy is that they cheated to win but realistically they they still won over two teams both teams Mm -hmm. had to get eliminated um but yeah, uh, obviously, as far as just straight wrestling, this was the match. This, this was, was the, the match, match of the night, in my opinion. Uh, I like the elimination, elimination chamber was great, but like if you took this match out and put it anywhere else, it's still probably the match of the night. Um, I, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, Scarps, anything else to add to this one? I no, dude. There's there's nothing to add to it. The match was incredible, dude. I absolutely loved it. There's there's yeah. nothing I well, can what, add to enhance it's, this. It's six Hall of Famers, right? Like that's what we're looking at. Hundred percent. Or mm-hmm. six uh, should be Hall of Famers. Should be. Does, is Chavo a Hall of Famer? Not yet, but he should be. I could see them putting him in if they put in the Guerrero family. Yeah, which, which they they will. I mean, how does the Guerrero family not get inducted, right? Yeah. Um. And then obviously uh, Benoit will never, you know, see the Hall of Fame for obvious reasons. Um, I can't believe we said his name as many times as we have. Match was too good not to at this point. Um, match. You know, I, 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 you know, again, hate everything about what had happened. Can't deny what the man can do in in the ropes. Yeah, you can't erase history. Yeah. Uh, this pretty much almost went immediately into a promo segment with Chris Nowinski, Matt Hardy, and Scott Steiner. <laughs> it was just corny humor. Um, the it the was highlight of the night, right? Big Bad Booty Daddy. He was just Big a, Papa Pump. 
up in the biceps, it, bro. It, it didn't do anything for the card. Like, it did nothing whatsoever. No, so I'll tell you exactly what it did, and I'll get to it when we get to the review of uh, a little bit into the review of the Elimination Chamber. I'm going to save, I, I'm going to group all of this stuff together into one thing on what it did for the card. Okay. Because it, it, it did something for the card. It's just, it's one of those things that you can only see it if you're looking at it from the business end of it, not the, not the fan end of it, unfortunately. Um, but it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a segment. It was a segment. That's what it was. It was, segment, it was like every other segment throughout the night had a purpose and this one was just to hype up the fans right yeah. like ha- yeah. have 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 the mass hall come out and uh, it was it was fan and, and rile up new york and was this the introduction of steiner like was this his first no intro- no, no, I think, there, right? no uh i think steiner had been there for a while i don't think i i think he'd been gone for a little while though i think he had like yeah, a so sprained ankle or something it felt like a return of some sorts. He says his catchphrase and he's out of there. It was yeah. a, it was a thing. Um, this uh, this then went into immediately a segment where Terry Runnels is trying to uh, interview Shawn Michaels, who even in this interview sounds like he's almost parodying himself. Like, what do I think, little lady? You know, it it's it seemed almost like a parody. It was Shawn Michaels doing a parody of Shawn Michaels almost, and it didn't last very long because that it, that was immediately interrupted by what me and uh, Scarps over here have referred to as the corny Randy Orton vignette. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it it was just so all of this. We just again. All of this felt like what you said. It feels like it doesn't add anything to the card. None of this does. Didn't add anything. Didn't add anything. Now then, immediately going to the elimination chamber from this, um, the you get the intro for the match, which is the vignette, uh, the the talk of how it was made, why it's so scary, all of those things. Then you get a Triple H uh, interview before. Uh, he's supposed to walk out, which I would have liked to them to have done that maybe a little bit earlier in the show. Um, it, it felt like it was being pushed in, like kind of squeezed in there. Uh, one thing I, that you can notice is just by looking at uh, HBK and Triple H, they kind of already have cuts. They're they're already ready. They 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 they've they've already bladed. Um. Eric Bischoff comes out to sell the match a bit. I love the banging with the nightstick. With with the nightstick, the the lead pipe or whatever it is. Um, and then they do. So I I actually really like this that they did. They put up the graphic for the rules of the match. I really like that. Um, especially in a match that had never been there, along with or a match that you don't see very often. Make sure that the that you have to treat the fans like they don't know what's going on. Even if they do know what's going on, you always have to treat them like you're telling them the story and they don't know what's going on. Uh, so I really like this. Now then, this is the point where I'm going to group everything together. The uh, Scott Steiner segment, the HBK segment, the Randy Orton segment, and everything that I just listed, the purpose of this for the show, for the card, is to bring the crowd down. 
it was there to bring the crowd down so that when they brought out this hellacious elimination chamber match yeah they got they were able to go back up this is the low point of the roller coaster and then they had to get them back up to the high point of the roller coaster and the problem with getting them to the high point of the roller coaster was we were just coming off of that three team tag team match which as we've said was the best wrestling match on the car that match was amazing and to follow that even in a in an elimination chamber a hell in the cell a steel cage a, an inferno match a parking lot brawl whatever it was was going to be very very hard to do so again as a fan i thought this match was or these segments were garbage as someone who looks at this from the business side of things i think i thought the filler of them was exactly what you needed for the fans to be like okay well i can go get popcorn okay i can sit down okay it's time to go to the bathroom okay none of this ma- none of what's going on matters and i can sit down and watch the elimination chamber with what seems like completely fresh eyes because it's uh, what i think it's 20 minutes in between the three team match and the elimination chamber actually it was a lot it was a lot it's a for long sure. time yeah so, so, Steve, I, I respectfully disagree to a certain extent. I get the need for all the things that you said, but they were all they they added nothing to the story. Oh, uh, I, I agree with you there. So, so like that, like you could have done other things. Like, give me a little segment with Booker T. Give me a little segment building this up, except for the Bischoff one. Bischoff one is in this. I guess I can't say anything bad about Bischoff in this one pay per view. We'll talk no, about so the Bischoff thing, I actually think that was that was the only part that was actually necessary in yeah, this. That was great. It really explained everything that they needed to know about the the elimination chamber. Um, talking to Booker T, talking to RVD, talking to uh, everybody else. Like, at least just talk to HBK instead of bringing in Orton for no reason. I know that they do that for no like, reason. Well, they do it. They do it for we want to get him on camera in a in a high moment so people don't forget who he is. Um, Bro, but at the same time, so bad. He looked so bad. Yeah. Regardless of that, it just didn't add anything to the show, and, and like that whole stuff. Like that's where I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, you're starting to lose me at this moment in time. It, and I get, I and thought, I, 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 I went to my kitchen it. to get uh, to get popcorn. So, yeah. um, it like that. That just kind of, I don't know. Like you had a really good show. You could have had some good segments there that that added to it. Um, you could you could have had Brock catching up to uh, to Haven and uh, and Big Show, and that would have been great as a connected stuff. So uh, we get into the actual elimination chamber match now. This is what we've all come to see, right? Like this is this is this the there might be a main event, but this is the event. Um, uh, though this is the main event, obviously. Um, I just want to point out. This is probably going to be the most unpopular opinion that I that I put out there. This is my favorite version of Kane. Um, I like that he's able to talk here. I like that he's still a monster. Um, I like the gear that he's wearing at this point. I like the 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 shorter fingerless glove. I think that looks it, it. It made sure that he didn't have to fiddle around with it as much as he did with other things. It's just it's again this is a personal opinion i i like this cane i like that he was able to talk and he was actually able to talk so it, it the only thing i don't like about it is it kind of kills 
all of the other gimmick before this of him. The I I hate that I want to that I have to agree with you here. Uh, I want to disagree with you right now. Uh, this is my favorite mask. Of his it's definitely uh, my favorite mask. It, the like in this match itself, he's way over my opinion. Like he went in there and he crushed everyone. It takes three consecutive finisher moves to put him down. And they had to do that in that moment, or he's walking out the champion. Yeah. Um, so, like, I absolutely love the way they set him up. Like, he's way over for me, way o- more over than RVD, Booker T, maybe even Jericho. Um, uh, like, I know they're pushing Jericho hard at this point in time. HBK and and Triple H look awesome in this in this match. So, like, um, so like I, I can't t- go that far. But like Kane is looking good. Um, I though the one thing I do disagree with you on, Steve, is I don't think it takes away everything from that happened before of the the non-talking Kane because it all just progressed that he was just a lunatic the whole time. Um, so like like the fact that he wasn't burned is because he's a crazy dude. Uh, yeah. Because he couldn't talk was because he's dude. a psychopath. Like like no like the main thread here is that. He's a maniac. Yeah, um, he, he really upset me though, man. Like, all right, you get three consecutive choke slams, right? And you don't try to pin one of them. I mean, yeah. it was like the huge, huge mark for Kane, but like you gotta follow up in that moment, that, right? That's the that's the only thing I again, I'm I'm one of those people who thinks you should always go for the win. Um, even if you're the heel. I mean, and he wasn't the heel, that's the other thing is I think he needed you needed to have somebody going for pins, going for wins. Um I will agree with you. I think Jericho was was shoot was, was way over at this point as well. Um I actually think this is again, I know I said this about the the guys in the three team match too. I think this might be the best Jericho we get. Um this is just after he was the universe or the the undisputed champion. This is he's he's gotten to the main event. He hasn't quite reinvented himself as like the Hannibal Lecter Jericho yet. Um, I think this was one of the best versions of Chris Jericho that we've ever gotten. Uh, and I mean, all together, I think he played he played his character great, but he was also this was the best in ring that we ever got him at. As well, this was like the perfect storm of what Chris Jericho was or would become. Well, you have this match has six world champions in it, right? Six world and champions. Every single, every every single, single one of, guys of them. Every single one of them has the been title. a world champion, uh, and a couple of them in a couple different places. Yeah, like RVD does it in two places. Uh, everybody, everybody does it in two places, but Kane. And Triple H and Shawn Michaels didn't even leave the Fed. Yes. Uh, so like th- this, this I, I don't know. You had so much talent in this match, and I think everyone shined. Like even the beginning, I, I thought that Booker T and Rob Van Dam when they get eliminated, it kind of made them look a little weak. Except for the stuff they did ahead of time was was like they had a really good moment within the match to start like they really shine in the beginning and i actually really like the way they eliminate rvd uh on purpose or not i don't know if he actually blows out his knee but he, but i believed it um, uh i think he really did blow out his knee because i think this was just before they did the ecw 
uh, one night stand. Mm-hmm. And that, and if you re- remember, Mike, we watched it at your house originally, mm-hmm. and that was uh, he wasn't on the show wrestling because he was he like tore his ACL or something like that. The like him taking that high risk spot and getting hurt in the elimination chamber just drives home how dangerous this match really is. I I think it did a really good job for him. He didn't need to go up that high, but he's RVD, so he obviously did. Um, so like that, yeah, like, uh, the, our, these our, windows our, are a little skinny, um, and none of us are. Our, our, our RVD's always that high, man. Well, yeah, Mike, Mike, I was going to ask you about that actually earlier when you were talking about not necessarily Ray Mysterio, because you believe Mysterio when he sells the momentum with the extra moves, the somersaults and things like that. So I was actually going to ask earlier, like, how do you feel about RVD? When, when he does it. Because there were times when I see him do it, and I'm like, did, did you have to, buddy? He has a couple of them that that like, you don't need. Like, when he does, like, the triple handspring to the back elbow, um, I think it does, and it doesn't. I was always a big RVD fan back from the uh, ECW yeah. time frame. Super fun to watch. Um, so, like, he, he probably gets the most pass from me than anybody else. Okay. Um, but his moves – a lot of times are more high risk, high reward than unnecessary emotion to do something. So like, and that's where there's a, there's a big difference to me in that sentence where like he didn't need to go all the way up that high to put away the person. That was a bad wrestling decision, but believable in that match where he's the high spot guy that I feel like I have to go up and do this and end this match this way. And then it backfiring, in this dangerous cage, I think really tells a story. It really gives you like it sucks you in. Like I, I'm getting the goosebumps now. Uh, so like that was uh, I thought was great. Um, and then I think does Kane eliminate Booker T with the choke slam? Uh, but uh, and then Jericho pins him. Yeah, uh, which is kind of what I would like to see more of. Like I know you couldn't in that moment, uh, but. When you say when he was choke slamming everybody, I would have loved like someone just walking around cleaning up the mess uh, where Kane wasn't. I, I think you guys were being unfair to Kane with that because he's surrounded by three people. They're kind of yeah. targeting him, and he's choke slamming one after another simultaneously, and then looks over to tombstone somebody and actually go for the pin, which backfires on him, and then he gets three consecutive finisher moves and eliminated. Um, I don't think that that is not trying to win the match. It's, I have this giant mess. I'm fighting three on one right now. Trying to now. clear the field. Yeah, when, yeah you, when I, you put it that way, it sounds completely different. Yeah, so that, that's the way I took that. I never once was like, well, just try to win. Um, To go on your point with RVD, I I was never as big of an RVD, uh, RVD fan as you were. I, um, I feel like some of his stuff looks awesome. And some of his stuff looks a little weak at times. And that was always my issue is, is like, if you throw a kick at someone's head, I want to believe that you're going to kick their head off. And there were points where it just, it wasn't there for me. Um, RVD in this match, I think is gold. Absolute gold. I, th- I think all the guys in this match are amazing. Yeah. Um, I think they all brought their absolute a game. Um, uh, the, the start in the very beginning of the match, uh, RVD hitting that monkey flip on the outside where the metal grate was, 
I thought that was really cool. Um, obviously, RVD doing the the Spider Man move on the on the cage. Obviously, a cool RVD spot. That was that was yeah. awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, one of the things that I that again, this is one of those little minor things that could actually have slipped by. Uh, Jericho catch uh, trapping RVD's leg in the top of his pod because he was up there and Jericho just being a dick, which is what he was, was perfect. Yeah, that was that was probably the best like singular moment of the match. There's a bunch of things that 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 are good, but like talk about being aware of your surroundings and and trying to mess with people that are out there. And I can't do anything while I'm in this pod. And if that doesn't happen, I mean RVD connects with that move, and it may be a totally different outcome in that moment. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, the the nitpick for me here is. The the bulletproof glass, um, <laughs> and you know, I'll suspend disbelief and have Kane being the monster that he is throw Jericho through it. But then when Triple H does it to HBK later on in the match, I literally just laughed uh, when I was watching it. I, I I lulled for the kids out there. So, yeah, I mean, so, it's clearly plexiglass. It's yeah. just plexi. Like, there's no bullets being stopped by that stuff. I mean, so, again, if you want to put over a monster uh, by throwing it through there, I, I get that. But Triple H shouldn't have been able to do it too. So I forget exactly, uh, and I'm I'm actually ask, asking for actual uh, clarification. So I know Kane throws Jericho through it. I saw it when he throws Jericho through it. The glass breaks right like if, if i recall yeah, correctly, like it like it, splits it, it, in half it's a weird yeah, like break. it actually it, it actually breaks though so that's yeah. that's the only thing and this is the only and i'm not fully defending it when triple h puts hbk through it does the glass still break or does it just come off the hinge so I, there's there's a piece you see that's kind of like cut right so it does break but there's also yeah. very clearly a, a, like a full piece of plexiglass that's, there. That that that's literally the only yeah defense I will make of that is if if they're it saying breaks. like oh it breaks in half. He, he well that's what I'm saying is if if HBK like broke the glass in half, that's one thing. Then then stupid. But if he just pushed the paneling off, it's a little different. It's a little different. It's not. It's not a good enough excuse. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's, it's a spot. I'm just, I'm, it, I'm it, just it, playing devil's advocate here. You can all you want. It, it's not gonna work in this situation. I love playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so the, do I. Clearly, but it like it like it took away, like it takes away from from what Kane did earlier being Kane, and it also like it may it like it takes away from the cage itself, uh, being so like. It's bulletproof glass that two people got thrown through. Not to um, mention, throw, showing the replay three times took away from it because now everybody's looking at it. Yeah. And then that's all you see at that point. You can't unsee this unbroken panel of, of plexiglass or, or bulletproof glass. Bulletproof. Um, I, that's bulletproof. I, I, I put down that this is uh, that with the countdowns with it, it gives it a very uh, like Royal Rumble feel to it. So like it, it was cool to see the guys still come in and get their like their quick like thirty to sixty seconds worth of like just heat and spots uh, get their shine in. Um, one of the things I did notice in that match too is when Jericho gets in there and now the heels can double team RVD. Did anyone else realize how awkwardly he was just getting bounced off those chains? 
Like there's there's a point where he doesn't hit the chain. He hits, he hits the, the steel rod. Yeah. And if you look, it's like just behind his shoulder. It's not like in the center of his back where he's really. It happened digging. to him twice, man. I, I think I saw it actually twice happens where he three right times. Off it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it actually happens three times. And I'm like, oh. Uh, the other one is, and Mike, Mike will get this a little bit more just because he's heard me say it. There was a lot of big arms in this match. Uh, I'm a big believer that when something really, really hurts in pro wrestling, you do big arms and you just it hurt it. this much. Yeah, like it hurt this much. Uh, you see it a lot from Sean in this one. And, and uh, you see a lot from Sean Michaels in this one where he's notorious for doing big arms. And he does it a lot in this match. Like every time he gets like backdropped onto like the steel grate, like it's just like he's just trapped this way. And I'm and I was like, well, there's a lot of that going on. Um, he, he arches his back and puts his hands forward. You know, he's like, yeah, oh. yeah like it's almost like T Rex arms, but big T Rex. It's almost arms. it's almost T Rex. Yeah. Um, all around, man. I I thought this was. And again, I am not usually a hardcore match guy, but I do like some of the gimmicky type matches. I like the idea of this match that though there's six people involved in this match, the point is to keep everyone else out. Like you're you we're going to put you in. We're putting you in the Thunderdome. We're putting you in this area that you guys all need to settle your differences. Now we're going to find out who the world champion is because. Everyone needs to get eliminated, and everyone's going to be half dead afterwards, if not all dead. Um, so I like a good gimmick match, like I said before, when it makes sense. Like, yeah, like the weapons matches get me because it's just like, oh, so now I can hit you with sticks. Um, the like tables match where like it has a point. I absolutely love ladder matches. Um, the, the hell in a cell kind of cage matches. Those things are cool because they're different. Um, this one, I think this was like one of the best innovations we had seen in a long time in a match. Yeah. Um, like it really did change the cage in a huge way. Allows you to bring in way more talent without it being a sloppy mess. Like if you would have had six people in the ring the whole time, I argue you need to add another ring. Like, yeah. um, so like with this, the way this one was set up, uh, it allows you to get everyone in showcase what they do eliminate people and still leave them looking strong um have that suspense of who's going to be next um i I absolutely love this gimmick i I think this match is great there's a reason why it has its own pay-per-view now there's a reason why it's still here this what 20 years later um like this this was this was gold yeah uh yeah I, i i go with that also it's i don't know it was just uh this is the best one in my opinion, this is the best elimination chamber out of all of them. It could just be because it was the first, um, but it could also be just the talent that's involved in this. This one pulled out all my heartstrings. Like it hit me in all the feels. Um, It was from start to finish entertaining. It was full throttle. Um, Yeah. There were times where, and, and kudos to, to the boys for, for sitting down, right? Like when triple H is just, kind of laying low outside, you know, on the steel. He's like, I'm, I'm laying here for a minute. Let these boys beat each other up. Um, I just thought the entire match, man, even when, you know, focus shifted to maybe another wrestler or everybody's like, all right, when is HBK getting in there? Whatever it may have been. I just thought the entire match was, was just a smorgasbord, if you will, of, of entertainment. It was awesome. The uh, scarves. I'm glad you said that. Uh, Cause I forgot to mention something earlier. 
Um, there's a moment where you see Triple H laying on the ground. He's bloody. He's been there from the beginning. He's toast. If you watch Jericho's down at the same time, too, and he peeks. Like, he's like this, and he's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he kind of goes back down. Yep. It's a heel tactic of him. I don't want to get beat up. Let them beat each other up. Let me stay here yeah. uh, and just kind of play possum. And when I noticed it's it's such a, a fleeting glimpse. And it's a juxtaposition, um, which is amazing because like Triple H is like literally he's like he, yeah. he's, he's not he's not playing possum. He's actually dead. <laughs> yeah. um, whereas a Jericho, like he, he peeks up and he puts his head down. I'm like, oh, that is that's good. Yeah, um, and the camera and the camera pans over and, and catches him in that perfect moment yeah. where he's like, uh huh. Hell yeah, dude. Good call. Uh, pretend to, oh, I'm dead. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give a big shout out to uh, Shawn Michaels unfinished gear in this one. I'm, 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 I'm always a, a, a fan of the story that's behind this. Just he wins the world title and he literally said it's he's like, according to Shawn Michaels, which I'm sure this is just him saying this now that, you know, found God and he's clean and and this is what he hopes is his most embarrassing moment. He's like, oh, this is the most embarrassing moment I've ever had. I'm like, I don't buy that. But I do get what you're saying. Like, you're about to win the world title. Your gear can't get finished. According to him, he's like, the guy, that, the, the the woman in the back that cut my hair for it, cut it way too short. That's why I had the Karen haircut. And what's more was he was already kind of balding by that point, so it didn't do anything to help him. It was just, I, 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 and like the cowboy boots on instead of his his normal uh, motorcycle boots, it's always one of those little things that get, kind of pops me about this match in general. That that was gonna be my question when you say his unfinished gear. Do you mean the Bob haircut that he has at this moment in time? Apparently, like, apparently yeah. that's part of it. Apparently, yeah, like, oh, that, he, he looked like Tina from Bob's Burgers. Is what he looked like. It, it was unsettling, and I'm like, he, just just go short, man. Like it was, you've it was already rough. gone too far. He, it was he, and and if and if we're not going that route because he does have lighter hair, he might be make from Family Guy at this point. Um, was, all around though, all, all around, match. this match was great. Um, this was mm-hmm. everything that uh, I think it should have been, and that they they portrayed it to be. Um, with that said, uh, I'm gonna hit you boys with a question on this one. What's your favorite match? Not what do you think is the best match? Um, the best match on this card is clearly the the the, the three team tag team match. That's the best. It all around it does the best psychology. That doesn't mean it's your favorite though. So, uh, Scarps, it is okay if you say your your favorite match is Trish. Trish not necessarily Trish's Stratus. match, just international just treasure. International okay. treasure. Remember that, Trish. If you ever listen, I love you. That's all I got. By, by the way, if you've seen her recently, she still looks basically exactly the same. And she's yeah, like 50. She, she looks absolutely incredible. Thousand percent, buddy. So, uh, Scarps, I think I'm going to start with you on that one. Who? Uh, what do you think is your favorite match? Oh, yeah, so not on, the best honestly, match. Honestly, though, my, my, fav- my favorite match, hands down, was the Elimination Chamber. And just because HBK, Triple H, like those two specifically – were were so and the first of all all the guys in that match were highlights okay but for me it was seeing HBK come back right Shawn Michaels having that that supposedly what was supposed to be a career ending uh, ending back surgery and then him only fighting one other time in the span of four years before this match 
Yeah. He comes in, he delivers. Um, and like, as, as we were BSing earlier before we started to record, um, I thought Sean really sold uh, his spots, his bumps, right? The match, him getting hit. I, I felt he performed really well in this. I mean, some of it was like over the top where he was, he looked like Gumby, but it had you excited. Like, Oh, is he going to take this next hit? Is it going to put him on the canvas? What's triple H going to do? I, that match for me was so cool, man. RVD did some killer, killer stuff in that Kane, which we talked about. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, I mean, it, dude, it was just a good match. I loved it. All right. And uh, Showtime? Yeah, so I I don't disagree with anything Scarf says. That that Elimination Chamber match was was awesome. But it's the the triple threat elimination tag match. Like, that match was awesome. It had all the story. It had all the spots that you wanted. It was a good – you had six guys in that match, and it still was a great match. It wasn't just a cluster. Um, Now, looking at the names that are on this, I understand why it is. Uh, but that match was absolutely awesome. Uh, like everyone got their 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 playoff in that one. Um, and in all honesty, I think I actually liked the Big Show Brock match better than the Elimination Chamber match too, because I, I really really liked that match for two big guys. Again, like I, I'm probably lying there. The Elimination Chamber match is probably it is definitely better. Uh, I probably liked it more, but not to like I feel like no one's going to call out that match. I could be wrong, but. <laughs> that match had the best twist of the night. Um, but it was the one that surprised me the most on how good it was. So like, I want to just give that like a honorable mention in there, but the, the, the triple threat elimination tag match uh, was really cool. I think the only way that that match could have been better is if you, the elimination was, you had to pin both people. Like if you could like had to really yeah. get it down to it, like almost like the the original six man, um, that might have been too much, and it would have gone on for too long for for the night. You probably would have had to cut one of the matches in order to make that work. But I I would have been happy to give up the cruiserweight match to do that. Uh, sorry, I would have given up the Trish Stratus match as well. Um, International like treasure. That. She she Red is. Uh, I I'm not arguing that. Um, but but I think that. Literally the back half of this this show, this show was was awesome. So I'm gonna go with Scarps on this one, uh, not because I think that the other the other matches weren't good. Um, I'm gonna come at it again. I think this is my job to be the the uh, the business side of things. Um, so the match the the draw of the night was the Elimination Chamber, and it delivered. Um, and that's not taking anything away from the three-way tag match or Brock or kind of any other match on the card, realistically. I, I don't think we got... Uh, honestly, the worst match, I think, on the card was the opener. I, I, I didn't really like the tables match all that much, but again, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of some of the people that are in there, and I don't... And just in general, it was just... It, it, it seemed a little clustery. Um Elimination Chamber delivered on everything it was supposed to deliver on. Uh, we got six, yeah, six bona fide Hall of Famers in that match. Um, we got amazing, amazing uh, spots and memories. It's it, it's what the business should be built on. Um, if you're going to do this type of match, 
make sure it means something and it damn sure meant something. It's the first and only Shawn Michaels world title since he came back. It's, I mean, that's huge. It's not his only world title match, but it's the only time, and it's the only time he's held the big gold. So it it gives on that. And don't get me wrong, the 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 three way tag matches. It is the best wrestling match. This is still the event. Um, so yeah. you asked my favorite was, and and I stand by because I just thought that match was so yeah. much fun. And and, and, and that's that the thing is, card, it's still the best match. And I agree. And I, I I totally agree with that. Um, I think that match will that match stands the test of time. We all just said it's twenty two years later, and we still think it's the best wrestling match. Yeah, I mean, I just think I, like I, said, I think just my favorite is is just the chamber. I, I just like the chamber. And I will say the big gold is the best title belt of all times. Specifically the original big gold. So cool. Before we leave little tidbit of, uh, of trivia, the original big gold title actually only had three nameplates ever. One of which was obviously flair because the belt was made for him. One of which was Sting, which not a lot of people realize it. So they made the actual like bejeweled uh, same type of nameplate. And I believe the third one is it's either Dusty or Ricky Steamboat. But it's the only time that they made the uh, the, the, uh, the original nameplates were only for those guys. And when it wouldn't be Flair, I think the belt still kind of said Flair. So always have that on there. It's a, it's a Flair branded belt it's got to at this point like (laughs) you're not wearing enough flair okay um all right guys i had a lot of fun watching this one i had a lot of fun uh, going over it um can't wait for i'm I'm gonna assume that next month is either gonna be us something involving sting because of his last match or something involving mania because we're gonna be leading into it we'll decide that then um as i said we'll we'll delve into uh mount rushmore's on a different date uh, I like it. Said, I like it. For anyone who's listened, uh, all of our information as far as how to contact us, as far as Instagram, uh, Twitter, our emails will be in the description uh, with the video. Please let us know if this is more of something you'd like to see, would like to hear. If there are any events that anyone else would like us to go over, we'd love to hear that stuff as well. Uh, boys, have a good night. It's been a great time. Have a good one. Thanks for having us. Peace out, y'all.